All right, thank you. Man, what a blessing. Trista, I tell you, she just had a birthday this week. A lot of people will be out celebrating, but she's here singing for the glory of God. Amen? I appreciate that so much. Turn, if you would, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Thank you for your prayers for me and my lovely wife. Uh, she's home getting blood out of her hair today, but she'll be here tonight. Uh, she just couldn't wash it until now, but uh, I thought that she had seen a mouse. My wife is, will attack anything except a mouse. I've seen her take a hoe and kill a snake. I've seen her uh, chase uh, big old roaches, water bugs, I call them, beat the daylights out of them and all that. But when she sees this little old mouse, she goes nuts. And she stays on me because we have an upstairs, and she swears there are mice up there. So I have traps set, you know, and then uh, and she come running down the stairs yesterday morning. I thought, uh, or yesterday afternoon, I thought she doesn't seen a mouse, and I done told her there's not any up there. And then I jumped up by the chair as fast as I could, and there's blood on the walls and on the stairs and everywhere else. And she had reached for a stereo uh, because I can't reach for it, and. Uh, uh, she wanted to play her music for Big Daddy Weave this week. And uh, uh, the, one of the speakers was still hooked up, and it fell right on the top of her head and put about a four-inch gash in there. So they stapled it back together. <laughs> we'll see if Humpty Dumpty's any better now. <laughs> Wait a minute. Cut that out. Cut that out. <laughs> uh, God love her. The highlight of our day yesterday was a shot of morphine. I'm telling you, that was good. When that's the highlight of your day, you know you're not doing much. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. Would you stand, please, in honor of God's holy, inspired, inerrant, all-sufficient word? The Bible says, Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus, under the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God our Father, knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that ye were examples to all that believed in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord." not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to Godward is spread abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. For they themselves show us, us of us what manner of entering if we had unto you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for the joy to be in this worship service this morning, just to praise your holy name 
Thank you, Lord, for reminding us that, Lord, you, you ask us if we'll draw near to you, you'll draw near to us. Lord, you're seeking us. You're seeking our fellowship this morning. I pray your Holy Spirit would have freedom to do as he so pleases in this service today. I praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I want to just think for a few moments today. Uh, our, our dedication service is going to be postponed from this afternoon on farther down to February the 11th, and that's depending on weather. Uh, the weather seems to be wreaking havoc all over everywhere these days. Uh, and I didn't want you standing outside uh, shoveling dirt and praising the Lord with it pouring down rain and lightning it. So we, we're going to go ahead and have a church in here tonight, just normal. Uh, there's a business meeting too, but, but everything will be here. This morning I want to just think for, about the topics this morning. The church that scares the devil. The church that scares the devil. You may think the devil's not afraid of anything. He is. In fact, as I begin to really study this and look at it, I, I, it's not only the church that scares the devil, it scares most people. The church that is going to scare the devil will scare carnal Christians. It'll scare lost people. If you're here this morning and you're not saved, man, our hope and our desire is that you uh, be saved and you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you. I just want to shoot straight with you. We didn't really come here to see you saved this morning. We came here to praise the Lord. This is the time we've set aside to lift up holy hands and to shout and to praise the name of Jesus. And through that, folk can still be saved. The church that scares the devil. I heard about this guy that was going to a masquerade party and he was going dressed as the devil. He got him one of them red outfits and had all decorated up with makeup and everything, had him a pitchfork and everything. Well, the party wasn't but about three blocks down from his house, so he thought he'd just walk on down there dressed like the devil, you know, and, and, uh, uh, and, and not have to get in the car and drive and all of that. So he did. He set out walking down there about four blocks, and he got about that second block. Man, a thunderstorm came up. It started pouring down rain. His makeup was going to begin to run. He ran to the first building he could get into, and it was a church. They were having church up in there. Well, they were until he came in. People scattered. That whole place emptied, except for one dear old senior citizen woman sitting right down here on the front row. And she would have left, but she got her dress caught in the pew and couldn't go nowhere. And the devil walked right down the aisle, and he turned over there and went and sat down right beside her. She said, Mr. Devil, I just want you to know, I've been a member of this church for 30 years. I've taught Sunday school. I've sang in the choir. I have uh, been part of the WMU. I have been on trips. I've been to hospitals. I've served in the nursing home. And I just want you to know I've been on your side all along. The sad thing is, the devil is still destroying churches today. He would love to see this church destroyed. He'd love to see it become a footnote in history. Woodland Hills Baptist Church used to. Woodland Hills used to. I can take you all over this state, all over our country, and show you churches like that. They used to. They used to. 
I think, uh, I, I, I just want to tell you, I, I think I've about had enough. I think the church of the Lord Jesus Christ needs to come alive. I mean, I, I really think when Woodland Hills meets on Sunday morning, there ought to be some flags going up in an emergency meeting in hell saying, uh-oh, those nuts are meeting again. What are we going to do? What are they going to do? We have no idea what they're going to do. But in most instances, the devil would say, well, we know what they're going to do. They do the same thing every week. They never change. They're going to sing two songs, and, and they're going to have announcements. And I mean, it's, it's the same routine. It's the same routine. Let me tell you, when the blood-bought, the redeemed, the born-again, the group that's gone from darkness to light, when we get together, folks, I want to tell you, it ought not to be business as usual. We ought to be thinking about what God has done for us, what God is doing for us, and what God is going to do for us. I tell you, the church here at Thessalonica, Paul said in, in verse 7 there, he said, so that you became an example to all the believers. They were an example. That was a pattern. That They were a model. Now, in Thessalonica, that was the largest city in northern Greece. It was a major city. The, the main highway to Rome ran right through the middle of Thessalonica. It was a place of sin. It was a place of gambling, of prostitution, of immorality. Yet the devil couldn't claim Thessalonica. And the reason he couldn't claim Thessalonica is because there was a church sitting right there in the middle of it that refused to give up their ground. They're saying, we're not going to back up. We're not going to back down. Jesus is Lord, and he couldn't claim this place. And, and these are dark days, and we're not letting up. We're going to be a lighthouse. Could I just ask you, how, how much darker has it ever been than it is right now? Now, I know some of you saying, well, my stocks are way up. Yeah, they are, but give it a couple of years. Hey, if you're old enough to know that stuff, it goes up. What goes up comes down. You know, I'm not talking about the economy. I'm talking about our spiritual welfare as a country. It's darker now than it's ever been before. And it looks like it's getting darker and darker. And in these last days, God help us to be a church that's a lighthouse that refuses to give in and compromise and will continually say, thus saith the word of God. We're not going to back up. We're not going to back down. I want to be that church. I want to be that church. Let me give you five characteristics and we'll get out of here quickly all right five characteristics of this church in Thessalonica that will scare the devil out of his wits number one is this the devil is scared of a church where the people are enthusiastic he's scared of a church like that enthusiastic the the scripture says in verse one and two in God the father the word in is a word eb. The word God is a word theos there. You put them together. It's in God. It's where we get our word enthusiastic. Anybody, if there's anybody that has a reason to be enthusiastic this morning, it's not the guy who came home drunk last night who's trying to get up. If anybody's got a reason to be enthusiastic this morning, it's blood-bought, redeemed children of God. We're the ones who ought to be on fire this morning. The joy of the Lord is our strength. I was driving through Buna, Texas, uh, Monday. 
Beautiful, beautiful downtown Buna. And I was following this pickup truck. I mean, let me tell you something. I had no doubt what this guy was enthused about. I mean, Brother Keith, he had two flags hanging out of the side of that truck, one American and one Confederate. It, it, oh, look at here. He, he, had, he had the country music so loud I could hear it four blocks away. I had no doubt believing that he was a red-blooded, redneck. I mean, and, and then, then I got behind him, and I looked at some of the bumper stickers he got. He, uh, he was a man. He had uh, a NASCAR driver's number that was on there, on a bumper sticker. And then he had a National College Football Championship. That sticker was on there. And then he had a sticker that said this, My coon dog is smarter than your honor student. <laughs> huh? We're talking redneck now, East Texas. And, and, and then right under that, he had a sticker that said, my, my coon dog rides shotgun with me. And I pulled up beside him, and sure enough, it, it was either that coon dog is one of the ugliest women I've ever seen in my entire life, I guarantee you. And, and, and we were there, and, and, and then he had a sticker, I love my wife. And I thought, man, that's a red-blooded American redneck. You, you, don't, you don't have any doubt knowing what he's enthused about. And yet in this place here, most of us, somebody have to ask us, do, do, are you a Christian? Do you go to church? Man, I, I, I want to tell you, I just want to take a minute to remind us that we're red-blooded, blood-bought, redeemed, washed in the blood of the Lamb, child of the King. And that ought to enthuse us. We ought to be enthusiastic. The devil is scared of a church that is enthusiastic. Now, they were enthusiastic about two things here quickly. Verse 3 said they, uh, they, uh, they were working, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and your labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Brother Aaron's already used that word hope there in a wonderful way, and I just want to remind you of the same thing he said. Hope is not used here like I hope we're going to get to do something. Hope is used here on the fact that that's more of my faith is. We are going to do it. And he says there are three words here, work, labor, and patience. Work in the Greek is a particular task or specific task. And then labor, you toil until the task is done. And then that patience is just keep on keeping on. Do it with all diligence. Be steadfast about it. Don't, don't get wimpy wompy. Don't turn around in the middle of the stream. Go for it. I, I was in a church service, in a revival with, with Don Witt. And uh, they, they needed, uh, there was about 200 people in that place, and they needed somebody to drive the van. And the pastor had already asked me, he said, man, you just can't get nobody to do nothing around here. What do you do when you really got to have somebody? I said, well, what I do is I stand up and I say, hey, we need a bus driver. And somebody jumps up and says, I'll do it. So he did that. I know it wasn't but two or three minutes. It seemed like 25 minutes. Nobody opened their mouth. And I finally was getting ready to say, look, I got a commercial license. I can drive the thing myself. Finally, an old man in the back said, all right, all right. Y'all can't find nobody else. I'll do it. 
I thought, man, I'm in Happy Hour Baptist Church sitting right here. Good grief. Man, I don't have to drive a bus. I get to drive a bus. I don't have to come to church. I get to come to church. Now, let me, let me clear something up uh, that, that uh, uh, is probably going to mess some of y'all up. Serving the Lord is not being in church. You're commanded to not forsake the assembling of yourselves. That Listen, I'll come to church. Woo, that's not serving the Lord. That is not serving the Lord. Serving the Lord is doing what God called us to do. When he was here on earth in the physical, he healed people, he worked with people, he fed people, he helped them every way he can. Now he's gone. We're his hands and his feet here on this earth. And we ought to be doing what God called us to do. I've been convicted about that this year, especially. And I'm, I'm trying to, because I'm just being honest with you. I, I, I want to help anybody I can. But I'll be honest, I, just my personal self, I got so many irons in the fire. When you're trying to help people, there's always problems, there's always a mess, there's always time involved, there's always just a lot. Of, it's, a, it's a pain. And yet, you want to help. I was at the grocery store yesterday from the pharmacy and I met a young man out in the parking lot and I started talking to him and, and I said, man, you, you live around here? He said, no, I'm just passing through. He said, I was in, in uh, Nacogdoches last night. I made it to Longview today. I'm on my way to Texarkana. I said, have you had anything to eat today? He said, no. I took him in Super One, bought him some chicken and fish and, and uh, all of that, you know, and he went back out there and sat down, and, and uh, I didn't know that I could do it or not, but I, I got on my phone and found out there's a bus from here to Texarkana at 10.30 at night. So I, I found him again, and I said, look, would you like to go to Texarkana tonight on a bus? Man, his eyes got big. And, uh, of course, the computer said the bus station was open until 9 o'clock. We got down there at 5, and there's a sign on the door. They closed at 2. So that throws a whole new kink. Then you have to do it online. And so I did all of that online to get the ticket. And then it dawns on me, I got to print the blasted ticket. How am I going to give him a ticket? So I said, son, let me tell you, there's a picnic table right over there. Go over there and sit down, eat that lunch and relax. I'm going to run home, print this ticket and come back. And I, and I did that. And when I got back, tears just running down his eyes. I said, why are you doing this? I said, I want to tell you, I'm doing this because the Lord loved me enough to die on Calvary for my sin. And I'll never be able to, to, to fully pay him. Never. But if I can help you. He said, you don't know me from Adam. I said, ah, I knew a little bit. I, I talked with him. He was from Vider, Beaumont area. And I said, you know anybody down there? And he said, well, I used to uh, go to church, uh, Cathedral in the Pines. I said, do you know Pastor Dabney? Oh, my goodness. He said, I... I, Pastor Dabney sent a bus to pick me up. He was the big guy at, at Cathedral of the Pines. And I said, man, I'm, I'm doing this because God told me this year of 2018, I need to be doing what Jesus did instead of just sitting around. I know I'm going to be inconvenienced. I know there's going to be a lot of headache and a lot of problems. I know I'm going to get burned. But bless God, I'm, I'm planning on doing what Jesus would do. And I want to tell you something, folks. You, you just listen to me. 
Jesus would not have told a guy like that, well, I'm going to pray for you. Go and be blessed. He wouldn't have done that. Man, we have got to labor for the Lord. Now, somebody going to jump in here, I know, real quick. Say, preacher, that sounds like work salvation. It's the farthest thing from it. I know everybody, Baptists, oh my God, if I hear one more Baptist quote Ephesians 2, 8, 9, I'm going to spit. <laughs> yes, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 is true. It is the biblical word of God. We're not saved by our works, lest any man should boast. It's by the grace of God. But don't leave out verse 10. We're created in his image for his workmanship. We're to be doing the work of God because we are saved, not to get saved. So don't throw out verse 10. Go ahead and quote it too while you're in there. Well, they were also enthusiastically, they loved the Lord. Uh, verse 4 says, we know, brothers, uh, loved by God, that he's chosen you or he's elected you. And a lot of people uh, have this mix, misunderstood. And Brother Aaron said it. I, I want to tell you, let me clarify my, my thing. There are a lot of men that I read after and I, I, I hold in upper esteem that are what I'd call Calvinist. We don't agree on everything. But I tell you, they're, they're preaching the word of God. Now, let me just tell you what I figured out in my life. I'm not very smart, don't have a doctorate degree, and, and uh, not, probably not going to have one. Uh, but, but I want to tell you this. I have figured out that the mystery of God's election and man's decision are not going to be settled this side of glory. Because the Bible teaches both of them. It's a mystery. So don't you come up in here being pious telling me you got it all figured out. Because you don't have it figured out. It's a mystery. And we're not going to know. I'm glad I've got a God like that. I'm glad I've got a God that says, whosoever will, let him come. I'm glad I've got a God that says, it's not my will, any should perish, but all should come to life. But I want to tell you, he loved us and he saved us. The Bible says in Romans 5, 8, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died on the cross for us. I'm glad we've got a God like that. So we love him. And we do serve him. We enthusiastically. You know the reason some folk don't serve in the church is they don't love the church like they ought to love the church. And the reason they don't love the church like they ought to love the church is because they don't love Jesus like they ought to love Jesus. You're not going to come up here showing me somebody that says they love the Lord but they don't like the church. He died for the church. And according to the word of God, he's coming again to the, for the church. So I'm just going to work till Jesus comes. We'll work till Jesus comes. Right. Let me give you the second thing quickly. These others will go faster. Just had a little more in there. <laughs> the devil is scared of the church where praise is explosive. I tell you, look, look at verse 5. Because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power, in the Holy Spirit, and with full conviction. Man, have mercy. It, praise is explosive. Uh, he uses the word here, when, when, when he, this word power in verse 5 is the word dunamis, which we get our word dynamite from, which basically uh, the Lord is not wanting his church to blow out. He's wanting it to blow up. Man, praise needs to get a hold of us. We need to praise the Lord. I remember years ago in, in Port Arthur, <clears throat> 
we, we just like here at Woodland Hills, those were my younger days, and I played slow-pitch softball also with the church team. And, and when we have a revival or something, we would schedule our softball late, 9 o'clock or something like that. Uh, and uh, so we'd have a revival. Everybody would come to that, and I'd say, guys, now listen to me. I'm the manager of the team. If you don't come to church, you don't play. It's just that way. Now, I don't know what it is about men who, I don't care whether they go to church or not, they love to play softball. And they'll do anything to play softball. So we were getting ready to do that one night. Well, this couple, I was uh, uh, preaching at my own revival there, and they sat always on the third row. They came in, joined the church. I always wondered if they were sick. Maybe one of them had something because they didn't. They just, I mean, they sat there. They just like bump on a log. You couldn't get a holy grunt out of them for nothing. But they decided that night to go to the ball game. And so I got everything set up over there and, and had a coach doing everything. So I come out and I sat on the front bleacher there. And this couple that was in church on the third row were sitting right behind me. I thought, this ought to be a happy day. Well, man, when that first pitch went, she screamed, hit it, hit it, run, run. I mean, they high-fived each other. They were hollering. They were shouting. Oh, well, good grief. <laughs> Next night, we had revival. They on the third row. They ain't opened their mouth. They just sitting there like dead, dead, dead. Wow. Now, I'm not telling you that we need to run around the building. or I'm not telling you to do anything. But I am telling you this. This is the day the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We ought to be excited about praising the Lord. Because he's done so much for us. Verse 6 uh, there, the Bible says, You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Psalm 47, 1, you know, it says we're to praise the Lord, lift our hands. People are always saying, aren't you afraid we're going to get carried away? There's no way in the world I've ever been in a Baptist church that was near getting carried away. It's not going to happen, folks. Don't worry about it. The devil is allergic to praise. When you begin to praise the Lord, he'll scatter. He'll get out of the way. You begin to quote scripture. He can't stand that. He's got to flee. He's got to get out. The Bible says they had joy. Joy is found more than 200 times in the Bible, the word joy. I think about 1 Samuel 18. Uh, David had dropped Goliath out there in the field. The Bible says the next day the women poured out and danced in the streets with great joy. I think about Ezra 3. The people shouted unto the Lord praises and, and, and then uh, with great joy, it says. I think about Nehemiah 13, 12, revival that came to the city. The Bible says the noise was heard for a long way. They were shouting. They were praising the Lord with joy. I think about the wise men. Now, the shepherds are kind of our kind of people, redneck and all, but the wise men got there too. These are smart men. These are intelligent men. They walked in, just, you know, here's our gift. You've seen them walk down the aisle here. You know how they are. They got their long trains with them and everything, and they're walking down, and, you know, and they're presenting their gifts to the Lord. <laughs> Man, it wasn't like that. They got in that thing there, and that light shone in, and I'm telling you, they knew that was the Lord Jesus Christ. 
The Bible says that they were rejoiced. In other words, if you want to put that in East, East Texas language, they had a spell. <laughs> Let me ask you something. When's the last time you had a spell for Jesus? I mean, when you just got, you had to jump out of the car and run around a couple of times because the car wasn't big enough for you and the Holy Ghost boat. Man, I think about Stephen. The Bible says he departed uh, with full joy up to his death. I think about Philip in Samaria in the midst of turmoil and persecution. And, 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 and Acts 8, 8 says joy. We've got joy unspeakable and full of glory. Well, let me give you the third point here. We've got to get on. The devil is scared of the church where the preacher is excited. I mean, he's scared. There, there are a lot of preachers, you know. I never will forget years ago, we were at Crossroads Baptist Church. And, uh, you know, David just left there to go to Shreveport. But Jim Walsh and I, doing a revival, had a, a, a Mississippi guy that was pastoring. And he just, he would come up, you know, well, we're glad to have you here. <laughs> you know, I mean, just, and old Jim, Jim was younger then. This is 30 years ago. Jim was trying to teach him how to take two steps up that aisle and say, hey, we're glad to have you here today. He never could learn that. He never did learn that. I'm telling you, there's joy in serving the Lord where the preacher is excited. Verse 8, not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Archaea, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything. You know what that means? That means that Woodland Hills Baptist Church is a church. You ought to have been so ministering this week that folk come in and I don't even have to say a word. They just come on down to the altar and get saved. You just stand up and say, I'd like to introduce to you Mr. and Mrs. Joe Smith. Uh, they were saved this week over at the Walmart parking lot. And then somebody else, I'd like to introduce to you my good neighbor and friend. We've had been fighting each other for years, but we got right with God this week and they got saved. That's the way it ought to be in our churches. Now, I'm not talking about just shouting and screaming because I want to tell you, I've, I've listened to preachers that shouted and screamed and never said nothing. I'm talking about preachers that ought to have a passion. When you notice that my passion is gone, because the only one going to tell me this is my wife, the rest of you ain't got guts. <laughs> but you go tell my wife, I think his passion's gone, and you won't see me here again. I'm telling you, there ought to be a passion in serving the Lord. D.L. Moody, a man came to him, and he said, uh, I'm an atheist, but uh, I, I come here, you preach every time I get an opportunity. And he said, he, you, you're not saved? He said, no, sir, I'm an atheist. He said, well, why do you come hear me preach when you don't believe it? He said, I don't believe it. But he said, I do believe that you believe it. Mm. The devil, scared of a church where priority is evangelism. Boy, we're failing on this. And, and we're going to do better. We're going to do better. Uh, verse 8 says, not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you, God's gone forth everywhere everywhere that's stretching their borders that's increasing that's through evangelism 
W.A. Criswell, I've got all of his sermons and all. He had a hobby that very few people knew anything about. It was visiting old cemeteries. And he would go through these old cemeteries and read their names and date of birth and date of death and, and then the, uh, what, what it said on the tombstone. And he says one of his favorite ones was found in Garland, Texas. This is back years ago. Garland, big city now, but it was out in the woods. And he said, we were in this country cemetery in Garland, Texas. And he said, I read this tombstone. Had his name, had his date of birth, had his date of the death. And then underneath it, it said this. I told you I was sick. <laughs> huh? <laughs> I told you I was sick. You didn't believe it. In this world today, 7,000 people will die this hour. 7,000. In this world today, 87 people a minute are going to hell. 87 a minute. In the United States, I'm talking about the U.S., if you put 100 people of all groups in this one room, 92 of them would go to hell. So, well, preacher, I thought we were a Christian nation. Now, there's a lot of talky-talky. There's just not much walkie-walkie. And according to the Word of God, one of the ways that you know you're changed from darkness to light is if you have changed and you're producing the fruit. This world is sick today and we need to be sharing evangelism with them. And then the devil is scared of the church when the place is expectant. Brother Aaron <laughs> hinted on that this morning. I don't want you to raise your hand, but I wonder this morning, how many came into this place today thinking, boy, we're going to see God do something great. We're going to do, whew, it's not going to be business, it's going to be something great. It's going to be something great. There'd be very few hands that went up. But I'm telling you, when the devil begins to get around a church and they're expecting things to happen, that's when the devil gets scared. <laughs> Adrian Rogers said that we need to preach as if Jesus died this morning, rose this afternoon, and is coming back tonight. Time is of the essence. Now, I know you young people won't know any of this, but you old people will. You see, y'all watch cartoons 24 hours a day on probably 350 stations. Us old people didn't have that luxury. I lived in Corgan. We had one TV station, KTRE Lufkin, Channel 9. Had rabbit ears with a black and white set. You had to hold them ears just right. We put tin foil on it to kind of help it out a little bit, and we'd move it. Our parents would have to drag us out of bed five days a week, but on Saturday morning, Bless God Cartoons was on, and we were up. <laughs> and my favorite cartoon in that whole set was Tarzan. Uh, well, I'm not going to do that. See, you thought I was going to do a yell. Didn't you? <laughs> oh, I want to. <laughs> Man, I mean, things would look dark. They'd look bleak. And all of a sudden, he'd let out that yell. And all of a sudden, here would come the monkeys, and here would come the rhinoceroses, and here would come the elephants, and here would come the giraffes, and they'd all gather together. 
Boy, those were the days. Listen to me. One of these days, we're going to hear a call. Not going to be Tarzan. The trumpet's going to sound. The dead in Christ are going to rise. And those of us who remain are going to be caught up to meet him in the air. And there we'll be forever with the Lord. Whew. How beautiful heaven must be. Sweet home of the happy and free. Hallelujah. Are you ready to go to heaven? I mean, are you really ready? I'm not talking about did you sign a book somewhere, did you sign a card, or did you get baptized? I'm asking you, do you have a personal relationship? If, if the Lord came right now, are you sure you'd be in that crowd that went? Because I want to tell you now, here's the deal. I've, I've shot straight with you this morning. I'm going to keep, keep on. The only way to prepare for eternal life is right now on this earth right now. When that trumpet sounds, kiss it bye, baby. Because you're not going to have another chance. It's right now. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to, to say, look, take care of business while you can. If the Lord's speaking to your heart, I, I wish I didn't have to tell you this, but I'll be honest with you. If you've sat here all this morning and there's been no tug on your heart, you, you may have sent away your day of redemption. See, you can't be saved unless the Holy Spirit is touching you and drawing you. You don't just wake up one morning and decide, well, I think I'll be saved. No, the Holy Spirit has to. But if the Holy Spirit has been knocking at your heart's door, you, you need to get saved. And today is a day of salvation. Lord, thank you so much for the goodness, mercy that you have shown us. Thank you, Lord, for saving us for bringing mercy to us. Thank you for sustaining us. Lord, I thank you for this church. What a blessing Woodland Hills Baptist Church has been and is. And oh God, I pray in the name of Jesus that there'd never be a time where somebody would be down the road somewhere saying, boy, Woodland Hills used to be, used to be a place where you could hear the word, used to be a place where music just was a time of praise and worship used to be a place where they loved souls and tried to help people and encourage one another oh God we don't want to be a bunch of used to I ask you Lord to speak right now to hearts all over this congregation and Lord you, you know what every one of us need to do have your way in our life in Jesus name we're going to have an invitation Brother Case is here. I'll be here in the front. Brother Jason's going to be over here. If God has spoken to your life, I'm going to ask you, don't wait on nobody else. Christians, could I just ask you to do this? If there's something you're praying about, I know it's a little hassle, but would you get up and you come down here to these prayer altars? I mean, I, I want to tell you, in 2018, if we're going to be a church that's excited, we're going to have to make the effort Christians are. We're talking to Christians because your coming and leading the way could very well be the very thing that encourages somebody to be saved today. I know you can pray anywhere, but I'm asking you to come down to this altar and let's start this year in 2018, a church that's on our knees before God. You come as Brother Aaron begins to lead us right now. Alas, and did I say
Wait a little longer. The time to do business with God is when God's doing business with you. Ah uh-huh. 
for us. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw. 